You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Episode 137, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in a fun and informed format through expert analysis. And today it's just going to be me again, and we're going to be talking about muffins, cupcakes, and experts. But first, a word from our sponsor. Make no mistake, digital marketing is a science. Advice Media has created a proven roadmap that gets you from where your practice is now to where you want it to be. They call this their pyramid of success. Thousands of clients have proven that their six-stage approach is the optimal way for attracting new patients and retaining current ones. We get it. You're busy and you don't have time to be a digital marketing expert. You have lives to change. Give them just 30 minutes to consult with you. They would bet you're doing some things really, really well. And there might be areas where you can improve. That's where they come in. Just for spending the time, they will give you a $60 Amazon gift card. You have nothing to lose. Book your consult today. Go to drpodcastnetwork.com slash advice media. That's drpodcastnetwork.com slash advice media. Now let's get back to the story. So the other day I was eating a Saskatoon muffin with my family for breakfast uh, and thought it really had a lot to do with being an expert. So bear with me. I'm eating these delicious Saskatoon muffins my wife made fresh. I picked the berries fresh that morning. And if you're wondering, a Saskatoon's sort of like a blueberry. They grow in northern Michigan and some parts of Canada, but... Uh, meeting the family, and I started eating my muffins differently from my family some time ago. So in our family, we generally would take the top of the muffin off, and then you butter the top part, you butter the bottom part, and you have your two muffin, the top and bottom. Well, I thought, maybe I would try something different, and so I would cut my muffin down the center, so that way I have a little bit of muffin top buttered and bottom buttered with every bite. And, I mean, the top's the best part, and so that we have a top with every bite which is important, right? I mean, I'm not a monster. Well, we I would get teased quite often by my family and my kids. Just kind of a fun, silly family thing, and they'd, it'd bother them, and I'd just do it just kind of, just to be silly, kind of dad stuff. Well, that morning, my wife, my daughter's muffin came out of it, and it was broken in half, and so she had to eat it my way. So it was broken in half already. She buttered both sides. She ate it. And then when she's done, she sheepishly looked at me and said, it's actually better this way. And this reminded me of a few years ago when I was told by someone who insisted that I was eating my cupcakes the wrong way, which how could you even eat a cupcake the wrong way? But I'd always just would eat a cupcake. You have a cupcake, you bite it and you know, sometimes get your icing in your nose or something like that. But uh, they said you, the way to eat a cupcake is you take the top of it off, you pop it off, you put it on the bottom, sort of make a sandwich out of it. And that way you get the icing and cupcake the whole time. It's moist both sides. And it is actually better and less messy. It was a better way to do it. So the point of all this is not to 
focus on how to eat muffins or cupcakes, uh, but rather is to point out that we can't know everything, and even experts have severe deficits in their knowledge. We use the term experts loosely, probably because there's no precise way to define what an expert is. If you look at the dictionary definition, it's uh, an expert is a person who has comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or skill in a particular area. So who's an expert? Well, I'm definitely an expert in anesthesiology, but there are many more who are more expert, knowledgeable, more adept with their hands and placing lines and blocks than me. Uh, compared to most, I'm an expert in pathophysiology and most medical knowledge, but to others, I have very limited knowledge, just where it depends on where your knowledge lies, right? And in some cases, patients are more experts in medicine than the doctors. They have a rare metabolic or genetic disorder that really they only know about because you can't know everything and no, no one should be expected to know everything about every you know, subject or certainly every disease if you're a physician. And so that happens. A great example of this is in a writing by Hayek, Friedrich, not Selma, uh, where he talks about knowledge in a book called The Fatal Conceit. Uh, he writes, Compared to the totality of knowledge, which is continually utilized in the evolution of a dynamic civilization, the difference between the knowledge that the wisest and that the most ignorant individual can deliberately employ is comparatively insignificant. So basically, his point is that no matter who you talk to, the person's knowledge is extremely limited compared to all the knowledge in the world. Even an expert in one very narrow field is probably unknowledgeable in details or goings on even within that narrow field. But we should be very careful to give expert status to those who don't actually have expert knowledge in a particular subject. Likewise, we should always remember that experts sometimes know, don't know every day and everything, especially on things that they don't have specific knowledge of. So the most obvious example of this is our last year dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of experts gave us advice, but I think the question is, were they really experts? Sure, an epidemiologist knows the science of the spread of disease and infection, public health campaigns, vaccinations. Immunologists will know how our immune system would work. A virologist will know how viruses work with life cycles and how they work within bodies. You might have someone who specializes even in a coronavirus and knows how coronaviruses work. But did anyone really have expert knowledge if, of SARS-CoV-2, which is the new current one that causes COVID-19? Did anyone have specialized knowledge of a never-before-seen respiratory virus? We didn't know how infectious it was, what sort of disease it caused it. I mean, there's clearly a lack of knowledge early on, right? Uh, this spread all over the world in a relatively short period of time. No one had any expert knowledge in this specific virus, and so we have people who had some specific knowledge of various fields and foundations, but the actual expert status was probably lacking. So they may have had better guesses. They might have had better, again, foundational scientific knowledge, but they clearly didn't know. Oftentimes, the disseminated knowledge of groups of people are more informative and more and came to an answer faster. We saw this with COVID. The treatment of COVID came from experimentation and, diff and different way drugs of tr treatment of COVID came from just different ways of treating it and just guessing. Uh, this still goes on to this day. I mean, you look at initial, we wanted to intubate people and to not give them steroids because we didn't want to affect the inflammatory response. We wanted to help the res ventilation, respirations. We've now learned that 
avoiding intubation is important and probably one of the most important medications to help someone recover from COVID-19 is dexamethasone or steroids. It's only through our experimentation, <clears throat> later verified through studies, where we arrived at a better treatment regimen. It's wise to listen to an expert on uh, plumbing from a master plumber. I'd rather have them give me exper expert advice on how to fix my toilet. But maybe listening to that expert plumber when he describes fix how to fix the municipal sewer system is maybe not the best idea and maybe we should be approached with some skepticism. Also, there are numerous occasions when the expert is wrong, uh, whether that's fixing your car, diagnosing the cause of abdominal pain, settling a legal dispute. All the time, experts are wrong. In fact, even experts disagree with each other really very frequently. And that's an example of a lack of true expert knowledge. We're expert only as far as we are correct, right? And so expert status is real. There are people who have expert knowledge, but it doesn't make one infallible or all-knowing. A uh, useful expert knows their limitations and the limits of the knowledge and seeks to expand it. That's, I think, key for people with queer experts and by listening to others and to listening to people who might be gathering evidence elsewhere. Even if that evidence seems ridiculous, far-fetched, part of the scientific process is actually working that out. And to be an expert, you have to be comfortable in what you know, but also comfortable with the limitations of what you do know and what you actually can know. And we've had a lack of that, and that's I've talked about that from the beginning, is humility. So the best you can do is to listen and assure people you know, what you do know, but assume that they, people don't know something. And almost for sure, this is the case and is why the scientific discovery process requires open discourse and genuine curiosity. We have to be open to the idea, even if we're experts, that we're wrong and have limitations to our knowledge. It means it's okay to question the science, the experts, the common knowledge. And in fact, the phrase even question the science is really kind of strange because that is science. You question conclusions, you test hypotheses, and then you come up with theories, and then you have laws, things that you know are true, like gravity. But it's only through repeated experimentation and discourse do you actually come to these sort of conclusions. We always have to accept the possibility that we're wrong. And you're, you're actually, not surprisingly, more likely to be wrong than right when you're countering the advice or knowledge of an expert. That's to be expected. But also, there's a recognition that they might be wrong because in some ways, they may not have specific knowledge in this specific instance. And in this case, it's very obvious that no one had specific knowledge or expert knowledge of how SARS-CoV-2 would act, what measures would work to prevent it, what measures were best for treatment, those sorts of things. So be open to being wrong. And I think if the person offering advice really is an expert, they should be able to accept the fact that they might be wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe the expert's wrong. Maybe that muffin really would be best split down the middle and butter generously. <laughs> Maybe it's better to be done some other way. And I don't think you'll ever convince me to do it any other way, but, you know, I'm open. I'm happy to eat more muffins and be proven wrong. And I hope that when you look at people who are proclaimed experts, that you recognize that, you know what, maybe they're not as expert as they think they are. Well, I hope that you enjoy this. This is a very short episode. This is a quick commute episode for, for you. Um, 
If you like the show, want to keep it going, it is summer, so we're keeping things short and quick because I hope you're having a nice time wherever you are in summer, not in school or getting away. And uh, I appreciate you if you want to go to Patreon to support the show. You can support the production and promotion of the show at patreon.com slash the paradox. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-C-S. If you're not yet subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player and leave a five-star review if you could. I appreciate it. And comments are always uh, well appreciated and I appreciate your comments. Please get back to me at the paradox show at protonmail.com. You can also just go to my website, theparadox.com, and there you can leave a comment uh, or contact me through email that way. Well, I hope you have a great day. And thanks so much for listening and continue to share the show. I appreciate it a ton. And one last thing before we go, remember to contact some different experts, Advice Media. Don't forget to schedule a consult with them to receive a $60 gift card and strategic insight on what your current digital marketing is doing or not doing for you. Contact Advice Media at drpodcastnetwork.com slash advice media. Again, that's drpodcastnetwork.com slash advice media. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what The Doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash theparadox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com. 